the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julian. Hey everyone, this is Julian with the Texas Music Spotlight. Uh, first and foremost, we want to thank you guys for listening, tuning in, and checking out the podcast every week with all the stuff we put together. Also, this is a, a different podcast in that we have no guest today. Uh, for what for whatever reason we don't have a guest, we decided to keep on going and just uh, record a podcast anyway with just Jules the Human and I. Uh, we talk about uh, some of our favorite favorite things about the podcast, and we also get into a little bit of the the business side of uh, the the music industry and the local scene here. Uh, what was intended to be a short kind of you know last minute podcast we put together actually turned it up, turned into about an hour of us just talking back and forth. And during the process, I also had, uh, you know, Facebook Live. I had that open. I had the, the blab.in. People were jumping in and out. Uh, so it was pretty cool. So I'm looking forward for you guys to check that out. Uh, again, thank you guys. Rate, review, subscribe to our podcast through SoundCloud or iTunes, however you feel you can. And also be sure to uh, continue to support us by listening to us. But also you can also support us by, I said also twice, you can also support us by Going to our website, texasmusicspotlight.com, click on the links, the Amazon link, the Bluehost link. Any, whenever you do that, it helps us out immensely. Thank you again. Subscribe, support, link, click, whatever. All right, here's the podcast with uh, Jules and I talking about the podcast itself and the music industry here in San Antonio. Hope you enjoy it. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight. My name is Julian with my partner, Jules the Human. Hello. He's here today also, and both of us are going to be here from now on uh, for the most part. Uh, today, we don't have a guest for the podcast. Uh, we tried to get somebody, something going on, and due to scheduling, it just didn't happen. So instead of canceling the podcast, we decided to just um, go ahead and run it and talk about what, we do, what, what we've been doing on the podcast and uh First of all, I want to say thanks to all of you who've been listening to the podcast and downloading it and iTunes and SoundCloud. It's much appreciated, and it's mostly due in part to my partner, Jules the Human, who is also my son. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for listening to us. Uh, as I look over the stats, I see that we are slowly growing, and it's all because of you guys, uh, the artists and the fans of the music industry that we are steadily growing the podcast little by little. It's a progressive growth, and I see that all the time. How do you think the podcast is going, Jules? Uh, it's really fun. I mean, on my end, uh, I get to talk, or we get to talk to pretty cool musicians and, and um, you know, just have a good time with them. And, and for us, I mean, well, for me in particular, because uh, I can uh, speak for myself that I – discover a lot of cool music and, and get to you know put myself out there and where i would not normally be i mean i was at right now i just got done uh talking to ian from vape here oh yeah how'd that, we're, how'd we're just hanging out. yeah it went really well um he's gonna be on next week uh next thursday for the music now and uh yeah i mean just a lot of people um are really cool and really good musicians that we would not have known about before this. That's one of the amazing things I found that uh, when we first started this, I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect with the podcast. I didn't know what kind of submissions we got. And we started, we started getting submissions from all over Texas and you know, most of our stuff is in San Antonio, but we've discovered some really cool artists out there. Um, 
and I was really surprised at the at the response we got and people and that that just told me that there was a need for something like this. Um, Definitely, being t- the technology today is is uh, spreading besides radio and TV and and uh, you know it, this podcast is just another medium for that. And there's not really a format that uh, highlights undiscovered new music. Yeah, I mean, um, I was talking to Ian. I mean, he he was telling me about different music, different uh, bands that were going that were going to be playing a Pure uh, at some point. I got him into some bands that we've had on the podcast and we're showing them, uh, you know, like especially like Calliope. I showed them their new uh, their new music video that's out, and just a bunch of other people that. Um, he may not have known of so so it's it's like a big you know just a circle of 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 telling your friends about who you like and tell them telling you what you're interested in and things like that and it's it's really cool you know speaking of calliope musicals i actually have it called up here and i wanted to show uh if you're watching on youtube uh the little bit of the video and if you're listening to the podcast you get to hear a little bit this is their new song calliope musicals new song entitled echo of the woos When I first saw them, I was like, wow, these guys are really cool. They're different. They're fresh, energetic. Their take on, on life and music itself was really, really refreshing to see that. Uh, one of my favorite, now, mind you, all the acts we've had on on, the, on TMS, Texas Music Spotlight, I've thoroughly enjoyed. They've all been really good and, and really responsive to the project. But these guys were probably one of my favorite, uh, favorite bands that have come on here. And these guys are from Austin, Texas, Calliope Musicals. With their new video, go check them out uh, on YouTube. Uh, go check out their website, all that good stuff. Jules of Human will post that as a shout out to yep, them. Yep. What's another band we've had that that? Uh, well, I can tell you like the ones I've enjoyed. That's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like my like the live one or, or like anyone any of them. any one of them. Um, the guys from Junkie were pretty cool. I really enjoy their music. Um, of course, uh, when I talked to Jaime, uh, from Volcan, which is a band that I'm in as well. So that was pretty cool. Uh, for the first Imagine Sessions episode, that was pretty cool. And something that, uh, I was pretty nervous for, I guess, because I hadn't done that yet. And then I just kind of started and it was really cool, uh, being with somebody that, you know, um, as you know, just kind of help you out. <laughs> and right. kind of help you out and and just be uh sort of supportive together and 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 starting this new thing um so those two definitely 
um, my talk with Don and Oscar. Oh, that was a good one. Those, uh, those two were really good. Yeah, Don heard from Imagine Books and Records, owner of Imagine Books and Records. Uh, my talk with him, he, we could have kept going. We could have just kept talking. I know it got kind of long, but I did edit out quite a bit, and, and I was just listening to it. And I actually recorded the one with Oscar on the same day, and just both of them were really cool. Uh, Oscar Moreno, uh, a photographer here in San Antonio, Texas. And, and right. definitely go ahead and check out all of our old podcasts and stuff. It's really cool uh, what you can discover if you just pick out one. Or if you want to tweet us, you can tweet us uh, what kind of music you're interested in or something. It'll point you in the right direction on which podcast to kind of start yeah, with. And, and if you're from out of San Antonio, please, by all means, tweet us about uh, who you want to see on the show. Who Maybe we don't... We, Maybe we haven't seen the artists and we don't know about them. Certain artists, let us know who they are. Send them, send us a tweet and tag them in it, and we'll definitely look them up and ask them to be on the show uh, per your request. Um, I do want to address one thing: uh, we are Facebook living. If you're listening to the podcast um, through my Facebook, Julian Escobedo, and I want to address something that David Aragas stated. He said you should have your own radio or XM radio talk show. Well, I totally agree with you, David. That's why we have the podcast. <laughs> That's what the podcast is for to kind of do that that exact thing we have our own show but it's on the podcast format um yeah the, the 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 interview with oscar was was really cool only because you have to it's one of those podcasts that show was one of those things where okay you got to know the guy but when you see the pictures and you see what a great photographer that guy is it's amazing amazing i told him that uh that night uh when he, when Los he, Oscars. Yeah, Los Oscars. They're at Imagine Books and Records. That night, I said, man, your your pictures have a way of moving when there's no movement. And yeah, it was, yeah. Hard, it was hard to explain that, but it was like, it's just there's a flow to the, <laughs> to the picture that makes it move. Uh-huh. That's, that's why uh, I think a lot of people gravitate toward that, and that's why I kind of gravitated toward that, towards that as well. Uh, and I told him that during the interview. I was like, I get kind of emotional because you can kind of feel that emotion from the musicians just in this still photo and it's it's really interesting it's really cool now another band that i i enjoyed <laughs> that was uh on the show uh a band called wonder bitch yeah <laughs> and i i don't remember where, where were they from uh austin texas yeah austin why it seems like austin has all the good bands yeah <laughs> not that San Antonio, get, yeah, not that we, San Antonio does it. I'm just saying we got to get them over here, to San Antonio. I think uh, what did Ian say? Ian told me something today. It'll be on next week's podcast. But um, he was like, whenever somebody out of town try, you know, is really good and they really like never played in San Antonio before, and they see like the kind of love that we have for our musicians, he tries and gets them to move over here. <laughs> Because he's like, if we get some of those key bands here in San Antonio, just move over here to San Antonio, more people will come, more bands will start coming, and uh, it'll be a whole thing. Well, I think, uh, well, let's just play a little bit of uh, Wonder Bitch while we're at it here. Yeah, yeah, let's see if I can sure. get that going. Hopefully it starts up here. Here's Wonder Bitch.
So that's a little bit of Wonder Bitch. Uh, check them out online. Check them out on YouTube. Wonder Bitch, really fun band. Um, like I said, we've had a good time with all these bands that, that have come on. We've discovered, not that we discovered them, but, you know, uh, through the show, we've personally discovered them for ourselves. Really cool acts. Uh, I want to talk about Imagine Books and Records, uh, some of the things they're doing for the industry here locally. Um, can you go? Can you talk a little bit about what uh, they do for local artists? Yeah, so um, it's a books and records store, and that's what they do during the day. But then they have that the Imagine After Dark is just kind of like they book shows. Uh, it started maybe like at two two times a week, then it grew to three, four, maybe. Um, they had a whole week of shows, seven days uh, or seven nights with like seven bands a night or something like that called Imagine Fest. Yeah, Imagine Fest. And it's just grown the past three years that they've been there. And it's just really interesting the dynamic that's there because it is a bookstore. There's not a stage or anything. It's all uh, just on the you know, in the big area, the main area of the, sh- of the place. And it's an all ages place. Sometimes most of the time there's no cover. And a lot of the times it's just, you know, friends, uh, it's a really welcoming environment. I remember the first time I went, uh, when I was first getting into like the San Antonio music scene, I guess, uh, I just went by myself. I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I saw a band, a flyer for a band or whatever. And I was like, okay, let's go, let's go check out, you know, my friend's band or whatever. And instantly, I was bombarded with like hugs and stuff. I didn't know who, I didn't know these people. Um, It was just like, Oh, Hey, you did that. You're going to do that one thing. Right. I'm like, yeah. And it's like, okay, cool. And it's just uh, a really great place to meet musicians and, and to hone your craft uh, in a place that's not judgmental. Right. And one of the things I noticed when I, as soon as I walked in there was, I mean, you walk into the bookstore, it's an actual bookstore. And to the left is a bookcase, and then right in front of you is all these more uh, these big bookcases full of books. And to your left, there's another there's a counter uh, where you where you buy your stuff. And then after that, there is a a big aisle of old records. If you're looking for old records, the old records are, I mean they they've got this eclectic um, variety selection, selection yeah. of, of of music you can buy, as well as the old books you can. And so. And, and they literally set up the bands right by the front door in front of the bookcase. And if you look at some of the pictures from uh, Imagine Books and Records, the bands are playing, and in the background there's books and a counter to the left. So they're they're really playing. It is an actual store. Uh, it looks cool because, oh, look at that. There's a bookstore. There's a books in, in, in the actual shots, but it's an actual bookstore during the day. And, uh, you know, when I was there talking to the, the, the owner's wife, I don't know her name, you know her name? Uh, I'm not too sure. Okay. Miss Hurd. Well, she started talking to Miss. Yeah, Miss Hurd. <laughs> she started talking to me, and and they have a genuine appreciation and love for all the bands that come through there, uh, who are starting out. Um, and that's what kind of took me and, and and encouraged me to keep uh keep doing what we do here on Texas Music Spotlight is to do the same kind of thing that they're doing live wise, uh, and do it for them on a podcast level and and do it the best we best way we can the hardest part for me is always uh the audio since you know when we record when we're talking to people on the podcast the artists the audio is not always great on their end because they may be using the computer mic and and we do our best to eq it reverb it all that good stuff 
Um, we do our best to try and fix it as best as possible, make them sound as good as they can. Uh, we've had some issues. We've had some problems. There's been times where we had to use actual tracks, like last week with Amia. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, we try and get the that natural feel of they're playing for you guys. You know what I mean? This is an, an actual situation where they're playing in their in their living room in 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 somebody's basement or somebody's uh, recording studio. Um, it's it's an actual live situation where they're just performing for in actuality in front of me and Jules, you know, mm-hmm. and to be able to be able to do that and do it well, it's, 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 it's fun to watch them perform in an, in an unconventional place. Right. And that, and it kind of speaks to their musicality as well. Right. Um, if they can adapt to this sort of uh, different medium and, and, and like, uh, like imagine books and records. Yeah. yeah. Same kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's because, uh, Whenever somebody plays there, it's just the audience sometimes is just right in front of your face. And and it's just really, you know, uh, this organic music appreciator to musician This you don't really know sometimes which one they are. Because uh, <laughs> some of the shots that Oscar has, the crowd has completely overtaken the band. And right. it's just you don't know who's who or, or whatever. And it's just... Uh, a really great place too. Right, and if you imagine, if you're watching the, us record a podcast right now in the chat room, uh, on YouTube or in Facebook Live, my Facebook Live is live right now, and there's people in there watching. Uh, we're recording the podcast for Texas Music Spotlight, so you're only hearing my end. You're not hearing Jules' end or the music that we're playing behind it. Um, so get into the room or watch it later. Um, I want to talk about the industry itself. Uh, I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, that kind of happened by accident because I, I think I had stated I want to start a podcast. You thought it's a great idea. And then, and then thinking about it, uh, you know, I've been in the, the music industry 30 plus years. You've been in the industry a few years. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, a contrast of, you know, I, I've done this for so long and there's all the things that I know and I'm kind of out of the industry. I still perform every once in a while. And you're coming into the industry with, uh, it's kind of like the old and the new and uh, yes, I'm the old. <laughs> so, but to be able to see both sides of it and kind of see what um, my perspective is or Jules, a human perspective is, is I think the interesting concept in the podcast that you're not going to find somewhere else where uh, we're, we're not only fans, we're actually performers and musicians. So on the podcast, you're, you're the artists are talking to musicians. So we understand their, their, um, their plight or heartache or whatever mm-hmm. it is, whatever yeah. the case, when they tell a story, it's like, okay, we, we, we've been there or yeah. it's something that we can relate to. Um, so the music industry itself here in San Antonio, obviously uh, it's from my perspective, it is mainly a uh, cover band as far as industry goes, as far as if you want to make money, it is a cover band city. Unlike Austin where it's mainly, a uh, original music scene and i know jules you're trying to uh, you're involved with several different uh uh groups that are trying to change that and trying to help the industry as along you want to talk about some of the groups that are they're doing that yeah um definitely it is uh sort of a thing here in san antonio i guess that if you want to make money <laughs> being a musician you have to to either uh be in a cover band or you know teach it or something like that but um 
really here in San Antonio, there's this, there's this, uh, stir that everybody's talking about. Everybody, uh, that I've talked to, uh, all these different groups, organizations, um, they're all talking about this thing that's happening that that's been happening for a couple of years. This, this sort of shift in we're like this idea that we're musicians we we need to, you know, take ourselves seriously so everybody else can take ourselves seriously. And we got to combine together and group up and, and be this sort of demanding presence that they can't, that nobody can deny anymore. Um, a lot of, uh, bands are doing that and and groups like uh last night i went to oh, yeah. uh, san antonio sound gardens uh las yeah san antonio sound gardens las raices mm-hmm. uh the roots uh, that they just started a couple months back sound gardens fairly new but um it's coming off the branch of uh the local san antonio local music guild uh local 782 that uh, i talked to a lot about uh, in the George Garza Jr. podcast, because uh, he was the founder of the San Antonio Local Music Guild, and and he's gone now, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's <laughs> uh, he's doing some live uh, some live videos from like Europe and all that. But gotcha. um, yeah, it's sort of just this whole thing that that's happening that we want to make money playing our own songs, and why why does Austin get to do that and we don't? Well, get to I do mean, that. You, you look at some of the bands that uh, see you, David. So you look at some of the bands in Austin that that are, that are doing this. They're not actually making money in Austin. They're just they're yeah. most of the time they're playing for free, just like they are here. <laughs> yeah. So how how do you? I mean, there's a small group of places that that'll that'll pay for original only. And I was mm-hmm. just looking at a post on Facebook today that uh, a friend of, or actually a, a TMS alum, Laura Marie, was talking about a place that uh, she says. Let me get if I can get this right. I'm paraphrasing, but. This one place she plays that will only sign original acts, and they have to waive their right uh, for the rights because of the performing rights performance rights organizations like BMI and ASCAP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's their way around it: is they get the artists to perform only original music, and they have to sign a contract waiving the that the club is not responsible for paying uh, the the small pennies on the song whatever yeah uh so that's one place huh. that found a way to get around it um strictly by hiring hiring original music so they don't have to pay royalty fees i don't know if you know this but like all the clubs and the restaurants that have music playing for their patrons have to have to have a performance rights uh organization that they pay mm-hmm. and you'll see the sticker in the front of the window either bmi or ascap uh so this venue has figured out figured out a way and I believe the contract was made up by a lawyer, and and they have to sign it to play there. Yeah, yeah. But the and 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 like you said, you know, I make more money doing that than I would actually collecting the performance rights uh, check. You know, so mm-hmm. in, in that perspective, that's a good deal. Now, is that something that more uh, small businesses, like you know, restaurants or small mom and pop restaurants, should think about? Is you know maybe hiring. Uh, original acts and waiving their right to performance um Perform- performance fees you know yeah i mean that that's something different that i have not that i i'm not too sure about i'm not uh i, I had never heard of that yeah I mean, yeah that's exactly i was like what <laughs> yeah um, they, they had her sign a contract and basically because they don't have performance rights uh they don't pay the big you know the big companies like yeah, yeah. they don't pay it so to get around it, they still want music, but it has to be all original. 
that's pretty crafty on their part. That's the first time I've heard of that. That that any band or any venue here in San Antonio has done that. But I mean, well, they're not from San Antonio. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> from, she wouldn't say where or, or yeah, what, what yeah, the place definitely. was. But is that something that maybe some of these places should consider? Maybe. I mean, maybe that 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 could be good and bad for for. Uh, yeah, I mean that that might be good for the the artists getting them out there and, and doing uh, more of you know these sort of artists that I work with are are, are pretty strictly just want to get their product out there their own product and getting them into more places is is definitely uh, you know you know well, most better. most bars have the 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 I'm going to call them PRO PRO's uh, sticker and they pay their fees yearly to, to be able to broadcast and have cover bands in their in their venue um but there are a lot of places who don't and i'm sure who would love to have music uh but paying the pros are not it's, and it's something tim slusher brought up too i believe mm-hmm. that's where tim slusher has which podcast vinyl pizza so check that out vinyl pizza podcast so shout out to them uh, it's something he brought up and, and i was it was it was interesting to see that and then laurel's response to it um, and since we're talking, we're going to talk about this kind of stuff anyway. I brought it up, uh, his, his post today. Uh, so is that something that San Antonio, sh- maybe some of these smaller venues should consider, you know, and that way, at least these original bands can get some money, uh, performance, you know? Yeah. Or, or people that, you know, like you said, that, uh, quote unquote venues that aren't, aren't venues yet. Uh, if somebody, you know, wants an extra you know little added uh thing so that you know their place can be uh popular or something that might be a good a good way to do that just add uh hey you know musicians come on in just you know discuss all that stuff that's going on but uh it is going to be all your all original stuff and uh it there's always room for more venues (laughs) there's enough musicians um out there here in san antonio yeah, and, 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 you know, props to Imagine Books and Records, but we, we need more people, we need more people like them, mm-hmm. uh, doing what they do to spread the music around because, you know, we, they can only have so many bands in a, in a week. And I don't know what the business side of it is. I don't know if he makes any money by having these bands here. I don't, I don't know that's part of it, but I know the more exposure you give bands, the better for them. That's, it's partly the reason that Austin, Austin is, good and bad because okay it's all original the bad side is the artists don't make any money mm-hmm. uh and and frankly most up-and-coming artists will play for free or play for a meal or whatever uh how do you get over that hump you just hope to you, i mean they're they're hoping for the chance to get discovered that someone in the audience at any particular night is going to watch them and say wow i i, I need to sign them or whatever the mm-hmm. case and be which is one in a million usually right you know they just want to play and, you know, for most musicians, they have day jobs and, and they just want to play and have fun or, but for the serious ones who want to make a living at it, they're, they're forced to, to play the cover band circuit, play, you know, get the job at nine to five and just play on the weekends. And it's, it's a give and take and it's, it's a rough situation. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really does. Uh, well, yeah, at Las, Las Reyes yesterday, they were talking about, uh, I think Nick Long, Nick Long from uh, Lonely Horse, which is a really big band here in San Antonio. Um, he was talking about like, well, I've talked to a bunch of different people in the past couple of days, so I'm not too sure who did say it, but I'm pretty sure it was from Nick Long that uh, if 
you know, if this is what you want and if this is music is what, you know, you're passionate about and, and, uh, th- this is your calling or something like that, you do have to, uh, make some sacrifices, uh, and I guess sacrifices, uh, in monetary, you know, uh, things like that and, and, you know, work that nine to five, but still have that drive. You're doing this thing because you want, to keep doing your music stuff and then the the money will come eventually if if you keep working at it and stuff like that um uh mikey vibe said people say that working a nine-to-five office job is nowhere near being a musician but what he was saying was that you got to think of them as being the same thing because um we got to hold uh being a musician uh, as a higher standard uh, you know, it's more than just a hobby for a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it should be a way of, of making money and, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, yeah. I, I made my living for 30 some odd yeah. years as a musician. And I, I can tell you firsthand, it is one of the toughest jobs you'll ever have. Yeah, yeah. And, and to some to some people that don't do that, they don't think it is. They just think, oh, you you're get up there and play there, guitar. Right? Yeah. You're having fun. It's so much fun. I said, well, there's a lot to it. You're not, mm-hmm. that's just a 10% of what a musician is. You, you don't see the load-ins. You don't see the load-outs. You don't see the practices. You don't see the years of, of trying to make a name for yourself or, mm-hmm. you know, make connections. And that, that's, that's years and years of, of playing and, and working your craft for those hour or two on stage it's it's not uh I, I you know when i got when i finally got quote unquote a job i thought man this is easy honestly yeah. <laughs> i mean i was like wow this is people complain about having a job i'm like mm-hmm. this is the easy part go be a musician for 30 years that's yeah, rough yeah. you know go be a musician <laughs> for, for for you know as long as i have been and, and know, have the ups and downs and and not knowing where they're gonna have a gig that we can pay your bills that's rough you know, mm-hmm. with a job, you you know you're going to go in, clock in in the morning, clock out in the afternoon. Uh, that was the easy part. When I, when I started working, I've had several jobs over the year, but full-time recently, it's like, wow, this is not too bad, you mm-hmm. know, compared to having to worry about, man, did, did the gig fall through this weekend or uh, shit, is the drummer going to make it? Is he, is, you know, whatever. Something happens during the weekend, yeah. and now you're forced to uh, make changes uh, for whatever reason, that it's why that's why I say it's one of the toughest jobs uh, a, a performer will have is because it's it's not what people perceive it to be. People perceive it to be just that you're on stage having fun, you're you know you're having a good time and you're meeting girls and you're drinking and whatever. If yeah, you, you know, Hard. yeah. Well, you know why we're drinking is because we've been busting ass all day, you know, trying to get yeah. the gig going. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I mean, I, I understand that it, it has to be. Uh, as a working musician, you have to be uh, in it full full throttle because there's no ifs. You know, for me, it was always for me, it was always I don't want a. I used to hear the phrase all the time. What are, what are you going to fall back on? And and I'm going to say it here in the podcast. If you have something to fall back on, you will never go full force with what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. Because you have something to fall back on, and that's just my my idea. So throughout my whole career of playing music, there was never an option to fall back on anything. I either had to do it, or I suffered, or I 
didn't pay the bills or whatever that that week. So there was no option to not do what I did. So I I agree with him because you have to do you have to have the mentality of either I'm going to go full force or I'm not going to go full, or I'm going to get a job a regular job and just play for fun, mm-hmm. which is fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if your if your outcome is to succeed and and take it to another level, it, it's a lot of work. A lot of work, and people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. So good. I'm, I'm glad you, you're in. You're in these groups that are supporting local music. Um, you know, like like imagine. I I just think we need more places like that to be able to have the the young artists uh, have an outlet for them mm-hmm. and a place to look. As a young artist, they have they don't know everything. They don't know Mm-mm. the the process of of writing. You know, maybe they know how to write a song. But what's the, you know, the licensing, the publishing, the recording yeah. process? You know, I think there's been an outlet for all that because it can be confusing. And hopefully these groups uh, address some of those issues. Yeah. Um, back uh, a while back, I know with the local music, San Antonio Local Music Guild, um, George put up these sort of uh, workshops and, and Soundgarden sort of has taken it. Uh, over now because uh, the local music guild is the, the a sponsor of the sound garden but i know uh, they had these booking parties to where you can go and uh, the people that book for limelight and all that stuff they kind of uh, just come out and you know hey i'm here right now talk to me about your band and i want to book your band for the month or whatever and giving them that opportunity to Hey, here he is. Here's the guy, you know, whatever. Uh, if, you know, if you're not familiar with it or how to book or how do I get to play at this place? Right. You, sometimes you don't know how. It's just like, well, I, I mean, I can go, I can call in. Nobody wants you to call in anymore. They, you know, it's yeah. all online, like sign up online. Well, online and, or I know some people that you have to go to the actual place and talk to them. Yeah. You gotta, you, know? you gotta show up. Um, and that, that's another point. You know, if you show up, what do you show up with? You know, all these little <laughs> things are like when well, you show up with a CD, do you show up with an MP3 thing? Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, another thing that they did was show musicians that wanted it. Of course, you have to want to learn these things. You have to go out and do stuff. That's the first step uh, that they talked about in Las Raices. Uh, it's like you have to, you know, want it. You have to be out there. You have to go do it first off. So it is out there. You just got to go find it. But uh, what they did a workshop on was uh, a while back, a couple months ago, probably at the beginning of the, the year 2016, uh, was how to create a press uh, press packet or yeah. whatever they called. Yeah, it's, uh, it's simple, a promotion packet. But it's they don't. It's not not a lot of people know how to put a, a good press kit together. Yeah. You know, I've seen, and even on Facebook, when I see some of these bands and they have their, their Facebook pages up, they use the, the most horrible pictures. They don't get professional <laughs> pictures. They don't, or they use the most horrible recordings. Mm-hmm. You got to have control over what people see on online. You know, mm-hmm. if you don't have some kind of control over it. Obviously there's things you can't control, but if you're putting something out there, you better make sure it sounds decent. Mm-hmm. The picture looks good. And if it doesn't, don't put it up. Because yeah. that, that's so that subpar quality, uh, you know, whether it's a per- picture or a video it, perception. Yeah. It's, it's how they're going to perceive your band is it's going to be subpar and it's just going to be like, well, do I really want this band with that, 
you know, with this shitty picture of, of some random whatever, or this band that's, that's all dressed up or whatever, and, and they look really good, and they, they have a really good video of them playing. I hear them really well. Or this, this EP that I can listen to online just, you know, that's just there uh, for anybody to listen to. Um, yeah, uh, with, with one of my bands, uh, we definitely had some problems first off. Uh, because we didn't have any music online, right. we didn't have any music recorded. No matter how good we looked, or uh, how many followers we had, it, it, just because we didn't have, you know, music out there, uh, they didn't want to book us and stuff like that. Because I mean, of course, that you want to hear the music, <laughs> right? But like, uh, yeah, I mean, well, it's like the, even the websites that I've some of the some of the ones that we've seen mm-hmm. uh, that have come in for. Um, Podcast. to be on the podcast mm-hmm. you know we, the, the first things i see i'm gonna judge you by if if i see a crappy website or a crappy facebook page i'm just gonna skip along or if the music yeah <laughs> if, if if you're if if it's if i can hear the nuance in the bad recording i can hear it you know mm-hmm. but if it's a bad recording and a bad whatever I'm, i i we we can tell we're me and jules are, are both musicians we know uh, a lot about music so, mm-hmm. collectively and really quick before i continue i want to say hi to thomas el angelito reyes here in facebook live <laughs> he asked me to say hi to him hello thomas anyway uh, <laughs> so yeah the, the, the press kit you've got to be, have control over what people see because it is perception what people is the first thing they see on on your web page or on your facebook page that's what they're going to judge you by it's fact they are going to judge you Mm-hmm. It's, it's talk uh, yeah they i mean everybody's talking about it. they all want to uh you know we all want to collectively build up san antonio musicians so we're all constantly talking about it and it's really weird it's kind of sort of the same conversations a lot but then a lot of the times it's not it's just um you know getting everybody on the same page of of building your brand building you uh brand is you whether you know it or not uh, when I, I guess, decided to say I'm Jules the Human or whatever, that's my brand. That's right. how I want to be known as. And whenever you hear that, you will think of something specifically. Uh, uh, Mikey Vibe did a, a Mikey Vibe. That's that's him. That's who he is. That's not his last name. Right. Um, he did a what? he did a good thing. <laughs> that's not his <laughs> yeah, real last yeah. name. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> he he did this really good. Uh, demonstration yesterday i'm gonna keep talking about las raices because mm-hmm. that was my first time i've been there and it was really great um he did this demonstration he called adam tudor on his phone um and it went straight to his voicemail his voicemail said hey this is adam the jazz tutor here that's his thing that's his brand and right. and and making sure that you're you know, moving your brand in a good direction and making sure that it's the best that you can be that's out there because you want to be known for, you know, uh, being the best, you know, you, you wouldn't want to be known for like that one hour during practice that, that you really sucked and put right. that up as a video online and say, Oh, it's my new band. And no one's going to want to hear that. Nobody wants to see you live because it sucks, but um, you're, you're definitely capable of more and just show everybody the more that you once are. you get the local scene, putting out good products, you're going to create a demand. And I think that's part of the problem is that, the, you know, most places don't want to book you because you don't have a following. Uh, but that's another whole different story. Uh-huh. But if you create a good brand, like you said, or a good uh, perception of what you are as a musician or band, then collectively you're going to start creating the demand for yourself. 
uh, one of the tricks they, I, I forgot who it was, but uh, when he first started putting his album out, it was years ago, I don't know, I can't remember, he would actually call in radio stations and say he was a different name and, hey, have y'all gotten a new so-and-so CD, so-and-so CD? <laughs> and he would have people call in the radio stations. Uh-huh. Now, the radio station didn't have the CD yet, but they had to eventually go out and say, who's this guy? Who are they talking uh-huh. about? And they contacted him. Uh, even uh, going back to Evil Knievel, he was his own manager. From if I'm, if I'm, I'm, I think I'm correct in saying this. Carl, my friend Carl, told me about this. Uh, he was his own manager. He had his own name for a different name. Now, mind you, he was answering uh-huh. the phones, but as a different name. Uh-huh. And he was booking himself, but as if he was a different manager and not Evil Knievel. Yeah. But the perception was this guy has a manager. This guy's whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, me that I and I don't have a great following on Facebook, but I I do solo acoustic stuff. And when I started, when I decided to go back and start doing it again recently, I knew one of the things that I had to do was start working out a little bit, not for my for my uh, appearance, but because as a singer, if I can't breathe, yeah. I can't <laughs> sing. So little things like that where I understand I need to build up my tolerance again. And even like the first night I, I got back out there, my, my hands were hurting, you know, so I knew I was out of shape. Uh, I knew I had to build up to- and I practiced. It's the same idea that you have to be able to, to, to produce your brand, build your brand up uh, yourself as a person as well so that you become in demand or not in demand, but just people. Okay. He's he, he, look, I'm not a great singer. I'm not a great guitar player. I've got gigs though. I got paying yeah, gigs. You don't have to be, <laughs> you know? So if, and, and part of my product is having the harmonize. I'm a lot of times I do solo stuff. So I have a harmonizer, I have a drum machine. I have an iPad that I scroll my lyrics. Uh, I'm able to communicate with the audience. Just things like that. Uh, make the product to where I don't want the, the, the purchaser to say, Oh, I don't want him again because he did a horrible job or he didn't know this song or it just, it sounded like crap or whatever. I don't want to give them an excuse to, to say that. And if I can cover all bases and that means, you know, product as far as look, you're the brand, you're the product. Uh, does he have good pictures? Does he have good songs? Does he have, you know, do they sound decent? That's all part of the whole perception of what the artist brings to the table. Mm-hmm. So it, I think collectively in San Antonio, if you're going to, if you can expect money or to get paid, then you better be worth the money. And it's kind of like, uh, you do have to put yourself out there to where you got to know your own worth sort of, um, you know, a lot of times people are okay with not playing for anything, which is okay. Uh, you know, you play for free or whatever like that, but you know, setting that standard, if you do have a good product and if you do have uh, all the things that you, that we discussed already, if you do have all these things and you're doing it right, you can expect a certain amount, you know, um, you got to know what, you know, what's reasonable for you and you got to stand your ground. I think Uh, in some of my bands, uh, we do turn down some stuff because we do know, Hey, this is this, we're kind of worth a little bit more and, and, and it's whenever you grow and if you're uh, at a certain level, you can say that you can deny uh, certain things um, because we know like what we've done is great. And well, I've I've told you the same thing in the past is 
all don't do anything for free. And there's nothing wrong with doing yeah, things yeah. for free, but always put a value on 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 what you do mm-hmm. and on on your product and what you what you are as a musician. If you don't put a value on it, then no one else is going to value it as well. Yeah, true. And that's part of the the whole concept of perception. Is if you know if I go and asking for this much money, there's a reason I'm asking for that much money. There's there's a reason if I'm if if a, if you if you go off and play every free gig that out there, then the perception is well. They'll do it free. They'll do it. And you're going to continue getting paid nothing. Uh, and then have, when you do ask for money, they're like, well, what the hell? You you played all these shows for free. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, you can, it's really hard to get yourself out of that after that. Right. So you have to put a bill. You have to be able to put your foot down and say, this is, you know, whatever the amount. It doesn't have to be much. It could be, uh, I don't know, 50 bucks a head or, or a man, whoever's in the band. Or, or if you're just starting out, you know, 40 bucks, 20 bucks. I don't know. But put a value on what it is you're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand. I get playing for free. I get it. Mm-hmm. There are situations if you're just starting out, you need to work on certain things. Uh, but I think it should be under conditions. You know, if I'm going to do something gig for free, help me out somewhere else. You know, if, if, mm-hmm. if a venue says, well, we can't pay anything. Okay, fine. If I do this gig for free, give, give me something the next time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. Or I, I yeah. <laughs> some kind of publicity on your yeah. Facebook or something, make it, make it a, a trade or something. You know, I just, I just can't see doing some stuff for free anymore. And, and I, and I haven't done anything for free in years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never, I've never had to, I never, I've never been asked to do anything for free. And that's partly the reason that, you know, when I, when I got out of the, the, the band I was with, it was a high profile regional national act. Um, people thought that I would, people thought that I would charge too much to join their band. And reality was the reality of it was no, I wouldn't have. I just, but because of who I played for, uh, people was like, ah, well, we, we maybe we shouldn't call him because he probably wants so much money. Look who he played for, mm-hmm. and that's the other other end of the spectrum. And and I, I I've been fortunate enough that I I've always worked, but that it can the hindrance of because of who I played for, it was like, well, we're not gonna. He probably charges too much, and, mm-hmm. and, I, and I didn't. You know, I was easy. I'll, I'll go for a hundred bucks, yeah. fifty bucks. I don't care. You know, <laughs> but so yeah, the the, the value of perception, uh, the product, the the visuals, the pictures, the, the audio recording needs to be there. You need to be able to have don't control, have, be able to have control of what you put out there, what people see. If you don't have control over it, you're not going to have control over your career. Uh, that's a fact. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So little things like that, uh, and and I I would love to talk to some of these these organizations if, if they would allow me to, um, just because I've done it for so long and I, I would love. To, you know, I used to tell my students that all the time, you know, some of my students who got past who were starting to play professionally, I said at some point you need to start charging. You need to start mm-hmm. charging what you do. Don't 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 undervalue what you do. Uh, if if someone's making money, you need to be making money as well, mm-hmm. uh, because because there's people that are worse than you and don't right. have the that same musicality, but they're getting all your money. Right. <laughs> they're making all the money, and and you could have so much more to offer. Somebody's and getting paid. Yeah, definitely. That's why. <laughs> that's why I kind of like. Uh, that's what I think about. It's like if if you know this so and so can do it. I mean, I can do it. I mean. What what's stopping me from doing that? 
And uh, you should probably think about that uh, about yourself. Just like, you know, do things, go out there and, and experience it, join whoever, play with whoever and, and grow your musical um, repertoire in general. I, I used to tell my students that as well, you know, get out there and, you know, they asked me what, what do I need to do? I said, you need to start playing. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you need to start playing with, with just start playing with the band, find somebody and play. Even if it's in a garage, in a bedroom, just two guys playing, just play, play as much as you can. Um, and one other thing I used to tell my students is, is look, you know, I, I had a student uh, and I'm going to shout out to him, Timothy Dugan. Hey, when, he, when he, Timothy Dugan, when he first came to me, he wanted to join a, a metal band and move to California and blah, blah, blah this and that. Mm-hmm. I said, that's great. Uh, I said, that's if that's what you want to do then then do it i said but if you want to be a working musician i'm going to show you how to do that i'll show you both you know if that's what you want to do then you need to know this this this, and that i said but if you want to work in any given city you better be able to play everything Mm -hmm. you know with the country to the rock to the pop to the salsa merengue whatever the case may be and mm-hmm. and joseph burns who just joined me in, in the in the facebook live there uh can attest to that i said you know he's he used to come to me with different styles of music and and i'm just like more power to you he'd bring in a, an accordion polka one week and a death metal song the next week and <laughs> and that was great and that's what i encouraged all my students uh-huh. is to learn to play as much as you can because the more you know the more value valuable you become to any given band, mm-hmm. if you know how to play a certain any style, yeah, and I I think I'm <laughs> living that right now <laughs> uh, with with my uh, sort well, talk, of projects. talk about the bands you do. Yeah, so um, well, when I first got in, I got in because of uh, of Sugar Skulls. I joined uh, Allison Alonzo and the Sugar Skulls, which is a, a sort of uh, a real jazz uh, indie rock sort of you know fusion, sort of Amy Winehouse esque. Um, and, and more along my my background because I'm a classical trombonist. Right. Um, so I joined that. I knew some jazz. I did play jazz in college and stuff like that. So that that wasn't a far reach for me. But after that, meeting them, <laughs> shout out to uh, Mr. Pidge in the in the chat room right there. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that wasn't a far reach for me. Uh, playing with sugar schools and stuff, but then uh, that snowballed into me joining a band called Volcan, which is here in San Antonio as well, which is uh, completely different, more along the lines, I guess, of what what uh, you've done, Dad. But uh, it, it's more of a, a cumbia, uh, Latin rock, sort of indie rock fusion uh, to where we're doing our own stuff, no covers. Again, I, right. I have never played a cover because who, who has trombonists? <laughs> Maybe Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Unless you're doing like a Chicago tribute Yeah, band. there you go, Chicago <laughs> cover band. But um, yeah, it, it that was a, a far reach as well. I mean, uh, maybe it was in me for for since, you know, I've been – you know, live or listening to you play play music and stuff like that, but because I've never played that because you're Hispanic. Yeah, or oh well, <laughs> it's part of your roots. That doesn't speak Spanish. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's totally different. Uh, uh, cumbia salsa, uh, Latin fusion, sort of uh, with indie, and that was totally different. And and I learned that style. I learned how to how to sort of play with those sort of people play with those sort of instruments that sort of ensemble and then i i asked to join uh, a straight up indie orchestra uh regular orchestra uh dear vibes and i've been with mikey and and 
Mikey vibe for a long time or for a while. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy that. That's sort of what I wanted to do because I really like that indie rock style. Before I, w- I joined, I was a fan. I knew <laughs> it's really dumb now because I play the songs with him, but I knew all the words to his songs. I knew <laughs> I knew all the lyrics. Sometimes if even during practices, if he forgets a lyric, I'm like singing it for him. And I'm like, he's mm. like, oh, yeah. You were a fanboy. Yeah, I was a super fanboy for Dear Vibes <laughs> for their for their latest album, and uh, I saw them perform. I bought their album, and I was like, "Yo!" Like, uh, and and this goes back to what we're saying. A lot of the times, you just got to get out there. I all I did was email the guys. Right. I just emailed those guys. I, I looked them up. I, I listened to their music over and over and over. And I was like, "You need a trombone player. You don't have a trombone player." When I saw you can I join? And then I had an audition <laughs> and that's pretty much all it was. I mean, it's that easy. It's uh, what I talked. I talked to the group there. at lost races yesterday. Cause I was like, I need to share this or whatever. Right. It, it's a lot harder in your head than, than it is in reality. I know right. with me, I get a lot of anxiety and stuff, but it's all in my head. And once I overcome that, it's, it's so much easier. I mean, I joined uh, one of the biggest, uh, I guess biggest bands in San Antonio, Gear Vibes, biggest literally because we have a ton of members. But right. uh, one of the bigger bands here in San, most well-known bands here in San Antonio, just because I asked, I asked to join, and that's usually it, all it is. Just you, getting you'd out be there. surprised just speaking up. Uh, what speaking up can do for you, and 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 with today's in today's age and today's technology, how can, it's it's just so easy to connect with people. Uh, you, musicians today have it super easy. Uh, back in the old days, back in the old days, oh, no. <laughs> you know, you didn't have the internet, you didn't have email. You had to you actually actually physically go out there and meet people. And and you, in, in in my case, I met a string of people that led me to where I ended up. You know, it was just a matter of, you know, one of the guys I went to high school with knew this guy, and then well, he knew this guy. And I got asked to join a band and so on. And so and it, it, it took me to where I need to be really, really fast because of simply who I knew in the past, you know, and, and like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not a, it's not about what I used to tell you, Jimmy. it was, uh, it's not about, <laughs> it's not about it's how well, well, it's not about, oh, here it is. It's yeah. not about how well you play. It's about how well you play with others. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> And that can go either way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, you think about, you know, I, I know some great musicians who don't, you know, by themselves are great, but you put them in a band setting and they're just all over the place. They don't mm-hmm. know how to, how to fit into the music. And, and it's one of the things I used to teach as well is be able to sit and know your role, know your job in a band, know your, you know, I'm getting off topic, but still uh, it, it's, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as a bass player too, you have to know that. Uh, you got to know that a lot, right? Because well, sit, sitting in the pocket, you know. Yeah. I, I I never want. I used to tell my students if you know you've got to be able to sit in there and 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 not be noticed as a bass player. Mm-hmm. You know, if and that's why when I used to play, if I made a mistake, which was very rare, <laughs> <laughs> if I made a mistake, I I'd always get the the look. It was like, mm-hmm. and and of course, my reaction to that is whenever I got the look. Is to look at the drummer. If you, if you look at the drummer, <laughs> the blame goes to him. <laughs> Thank you, Michael, and, and Facebook Live. I appreciate it. But you know, you put the blame on uh, on the drummer, so yeah. that's one way to get. <laughs> but anyway, you've got to put value on your words. You got to put value on what you, what it is you do. 
you've got to put a good product out. You've got to be able to make connections. You got to be able to look today's age of technology. There's no reason why you can't connect with people yeah. and people who are like-minded like yourself who want to make a, a difference. Uh, every musician wants to make a difference. And that that's a fact. They want their music to be heard. They want, they want their playing to be appreciated. We go on stage because we love that attention. And that's a fact. We love the attention. Uh, Kathy Mata said the band members have to like each other and have fun. Your fans can tell if there's tension. Exactly. That's another thing. If you, if, if you think that you're fighting on stage and people won't notice you're, you're crazy. Yep. Whatever happens on stage has to be real. The, the people will know if it's fake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, for the starting musicians, find your way. You'll you'll find your way eventually. Uh, you'll grow into what you are as a person, as a musician. Uh, my suggestion to local artists here in San Antonio is get out there. Same thing I told my son Jules. You've got to get out there and just start meeting people. You've got to meet whoever it is. Eventually, you're going to meet that right person that's going to take you to where mm-hmm. you want to go. Yeah. Uh, but if you sit back and wait for it to happen, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. You got to get out there, and Jules is proof of that. He's played with three, you know, all these bands, and I don't know where he's at in any given night. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, all it was from Sugar Skulls to Volcan was. Uh, I'm going to give him a shout out, Adam Tudor. He he's the one of the leaders uh, for the Soundgarden, but he plays uh, saxophone in Sugar Skulls and Volcan. And I was just there uh, laying down a track. That was my first time. I just brought my trombone, and then <laughs> shout out to Volcan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that was the first time. Uh, I had met him and I was laying down a track in the in the recording studio for Sugar Skulls. And then he was there. Everybody was there kind of listening to me because they didn't know uh, they didn't really know me. And I was just playing whatever. And it sounded really good. And then Adam was like, hey, I'm doing this other thing. Uh, do you want to try it out? And, you know, saying yes is great. Saying yes to a lot of things, most things, not all things, because sometimes it's a bad idea. But saying yes, keeping yes in your you know, vocabulary is right. great because, you know, who knows, who knows what can, what can happen from that. And, and yes, I, I joined uh Volcan and then we, it's, it's really great. I've been having a, a time of my life with them and, and it's, you know, it could have gone, I could have said no, I guess no. And then that, that would have been it. It, you know, no, yes, only opens more doors uh, and, and more possibilities. It, it, you know, never really hinders you. I don't think uh, uh, it, you can always learn if something goes wrong, you can always learn from it. And if something goes right, man, you have those experiences with you. Right. Uh, that's, that's really awesome. I mean, I'm sure that's, you could have said no to your, <laughs> to your, you know, uh, things that people have asked you to do. And then you couldn't have done. I said no. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like the big thing, you know, yeah, you know, uh, you could have said no to going to that was, that was, uh, I was 24 years old when that happened, and it was it was one of the situations where I, I had to say yes, and it was I was crazy to say no, mm-hmm. and a lot of things I hurt some people the band I was with because of my yes, but I had to think beyond that, and because of that yes, uh, it led me on a you know 11 year ride that was amazing. So. Um, you, you never know what's out there unless you get out there. Now, nah, we've, we've been talking a long time. Uh, is there anything you want to tell, uh, let's just say, uh, an up-and-coming musician who's who maybe who's just starting out or, you know, doesn't feel maybe they don't have the talent enough to get out there? I don't know. What, what would you say to them? Uh, you yeah, do. <laughs> <laughs> you do have the talent because I've heard, I mean, 
I've heard some shitty people. <laughs> I'm not going to say <laughs> where not, or who. Not, or not on our show. No, not on our show. But I mean, out when I go, I mean, of course, you got to you support them because they are getting out there. But like they're they're not the greatest. And it, that's OK because everybody's at different levels. But, you know, if they're doing it, if they're still, you know, performing and have you know, the balls to, to get out there and ask and, and think that their product's good enough, then your, your product's probably going to be good enough too. And, and just to, to take the plunge and it's really not all that bad here in San Antonio, it's all really supportive. And I'm sure here in Texas total, um, it's all really supportive, but if you're somewhere other than San Antonio, you should come to San Antonio and play uh, <laughs> at a show here. But yeah, I mean, um, it you are enough. Uh, I'm gonna start doing like a, a solo project or anything, and I, I I don't know where to start. I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm like, somebody's gonna like it. Somebody's gonna <laughs> like it, and I'm gonna do the thing. I'm, I want to do the thing, so I'm gonna do the thing. There you go. <laughs> um, I mean, my, my advice to people coming up, uh, starting out in the business, my advice is to work your ass off. It is going to be the hardest thing you ever do, but it will be the most rewarding thing you ever do is if you stick with it and you stay to your laurels to where, to where, where the end game is, um, learn every part of the business, learn every part of it, even if it means reading, <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look, you're given so much information on the internet. It's not hard to find your answers. Yeah. It's not hard to find out how do you publish a song, how do you copyright a song, how do you do this, how do you do that. You can find it. Back in my day, back in my day, I had to actually got go out into the bookstore yeah, and buy the book. Books or something. <laughs> right. And I've got the books there to prove it. Yeah. So, you know, I can pull up all these books where I had to learn and teach myself. I taught myself about publishing, open my own publishing company, about copyright. I taught myself how to design a website. I designed how to do artwork. Why? Because you have to have that control of what the product you put out. And if you don't have control of that, you that's why I say it's one of the hardest things you're ever going to do because you should learn how to do every part of that job. Because the end game is you're responsible for your own destiny. You're responsible for what you put out. You're responsible for what people see and how they perceive you. And if you don't know how to do all those elements of the business of music, then you're going to rely on somebody else yeah. to do it. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. And it, uh, <laughs> yeah, if you don't know something, you're going to hire somebody else. And that's just uh, another, you know, pocket to fill uh, with your own money and something that you could learn yourself and do. It and that's yourself. something that could go wrong and then you don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. So my whole thing was to learn how to do website, learn how to design. And I learned how to design websites, actually learn how to, de- uh, how to code HTML by hand which is a pain in the ass, <laughs> but I learned it. Uh, I learned how to use Photoshop by myself. You know, now that the internet's out, it, things have gotten way advanced and I just stopped learning. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> and we learned, we learned how to use audacity too, right? Yes. To, audacity, to edit these how to put a podcast together. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, you know, Jules, the human does an amazing job on the social media. So when you see something on social media, that's Jules, the human there. When you see something in the recording, it sounds like shit. That's me. But, <laughs> But I'm still learning every day. We're, you know, when I when we do the audio and I'm I'm trying to mix it and I'm still learning how to get that right sound. I want that that nice podcast sound. But we're still it's still a work in progress. 
And I don't, we're not going to rely on somebody else to, to do it for us. We would rather learn it ourselves so that we have control of what's put out there. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap. And my thanks to those of you in the Facebook Live who were stuck around and asked questions and watched us here. Um, my thanks to the people here in the, the blab.im chat room, people who jumped in and out, mm -hmm. and especially to my son, Jules the Human, who I've had an amazing time doing this podcast with. Great. And thanks to you guys, the listeners. We cannot do this without you. Keep retweeting. Keep sharing the the, the page, the uh, the podcast, yep. and, and keep doing what you're doing. We appreciate you. Leave a comment. Uh, leave a rating on the podcast. Um, even if it's a shitty one, let us yeah. know. Uh, rate us on uh, iTunes podcasts or on our Facebook or, you know, keep sending in our keep sending in your music yes uh we need you know submissions and stuff it's really cool uh when i don't find a band by myself just somebody sends me an email and oh you're interested cool like let me check out your music totally new discovery i'll probably tell a friend of mine about you or something like that and, and it's really awesome and we can get you on these podcasts and talk Really quick on the stats of the podcast. Our, obviously, our biggest listenership is from the United States. Woo. But shout out to the people second place listening uh, to our at? podcast is United Kingdom. Oh, uh, yeah. Third place, the Netherlands. Okay. Fourth is Australia. Oh, yeah. Australia. France, uh -huh. Belgium, Canada, Germany, Italy, Taiwan, Croatia, Switzerland. It goes on and on. We've had listeners from all over the world, mm -hmm. and we appreciate every single one of you. Thank you. For my partner, Jules the Human, this has been the Texas Music Spotlight. Thank you and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Texas Music Spotlight podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, texasmusicspotlight.com, to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings. Until next time, please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown. Yeah.